0: to say, this is really different than uh, uh, than anything we've done. Uh, we had hoped that 2020 was going to be the year of pivot, where we just had to change direction all the time. 2021 shaping up to be a little more of the same. Uh, the weather has uh, not cooperated. We felt like it was safer for folks to uh, stay home today. And so... Because of the technology, because of the amazing things we can do with technology, um, I'm just broadcasting here from the snow bunker over on Rockwood Avenue. And so it won't be, uh, uh, it won't be the same as our, our usual Sundays. I just wanted to take a so, uh, little bit of time this morning, offer perhaps some words of encouragement, and just give us a chance to, even through the uh, marvel of technology, a few minutes to get together. So it is. It's ten o'clock, and I'm glad that uh, that you're on with us. Um, if uh, if you're not in the area or if you're watching this later on, um, it's Sunday morning, the 14th. It's Valentine's Day, and uh, it's uh, minus 11 degrees with the wind chill. There's a fair amount of snow on the ground outside, and for us uh, Okies, that is a uh, <laughs> that's a struggle. And so um, uh, that's what's going on right now. That's the context of the day. And so uh, this is our chance to get together. want to welcome you to this time we spend together this morning. Uh, we are no less connected uh, because of physical distance. Um, uh, God has brought us together in the spirit, and we're going to enjoy that for just a little bit of time together this morning. Let me take a minute and word of prayer as we begin today, and then we'll, we'll just jump into some talk. We'll talk about some things. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, warm homes and food to eat and family and the blessings that we have. Thank you for uh, your marvelous creation that we experience in a different way today than we normally do. Thank you for my family that has gathered here with me this morning. Uh, our spirits are united and one in Christ, uh, even though we must be uh, physically far away from one another. We pray for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. This is normally where Lana starts singing, but not today. Sorry about that. I um, want to take uh, hopefully just a few minutes of our time this morning to uh, talk a little bit about uh, it's Valentine's Day. It's a snowed-in Valentine's Day, and and we all know this, uh, Valentine's Day is one of those uh, cultural traditions that can be absolutely wonderful or can be completely awful, <laughs> if we're just honest. I'd say that being snowed in this year moves the needle toward less than wonderful for a lot of folks, and when you think about it a minute, you know, uh, Valentine's, there's a lot of grumpiness, and sometimes I fall into it. That, that Valentine's has become a, a very uh, commercial thing uh, based on a set of ideals that are out there in our culture. We get this ideal uh, circumstance of, of what makes a, a great Valentine's Day, and by extension then, by what makes a, a great relationship. They just become sort of, you know, connected in our minds. And we do that to most of our relationships. We have expectations of them. And, uh, and candidly, we're disappointed when those expectations aren't met. But this is especially true when we think about, about marriage. Um, We have this, uh, again, this kind of cultural uh, model of what uh, courting, uh, dating, engagement marriage should be like it's easy to blame it all on disney and that's not really fair but some of it comes from the stories that we tell in our culture and a lot of those are in fact from from disney movies you know you, the, the whole circumstance the 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 finding of the one true love all of the the things that happen in the meantime and at the very end of the movie uh, they have uh, love's true kiss, and uh, it fades out with they lived happily ever after either they say it literally or they at least imply it and the thing is I thought about this this week you know they never really go into what happens after that and never really talk about uh, what happily ever after looks like and the, and the, and honestly, the reason why is, is it would mess up the whole Disney story if they did. Um, we uh, we don't experience uh, Disney happily ever after for the most part. It's not it's not likely it's not possible in this old world that, that you and I live in. We have ups and downs. We've got victories and disappointments. We've got all the things that go into life together uh, that aren't necessarily what we would consider happily ever after. Now here's the here's the good news. this is the encouragement. For the morning, and that is is that for Christians, um, it's not about perfect. It's not about perfect marriages. It's not about perfect life. What it is about is it's about growing. It's about growing in relationships, beginning with our relationship uh, with God in and Christ and, and moving out from there into our marriages and our children and our friends and our neighborhood, our community, our co workers fellow students, whomever they are. It's about growing in those. Today, I'm going to spend some time talking primarily about marriage, but pretty much everything that we discussed this morning could fairly comfortably fit into any relationship that that you have. And so we're going to start in a place that doesn't feel very comfortable, but it's very, very necessary for us to appreciate it so that we can facilitate you know, some healthy relationships in our lives. And that fact is, is that we are flawed. That's the bad news, but we're also redeemed. And that's the really good news. Romans chapter five, beginning in verse six and going through 11, reminds us of this. And Paul says, when we, you and I were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Most people wouldn't be willing to die for an upright person, although someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. Verse 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Verse 9 says, it says we've been made right in God's sight by the, uh, by the blood of Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Did you notice how many times in there it talks about restoration and relationship and friendship? And what's fascinating about it is is, is this absolutely tells us in Scripture that we are flawed but redeemed. We know that the Bible gives us our true value, represents our true character. And when we read it with our eyes open and our hearts open, we find out how God really sees us and understands us. And he gives us a great starting place for seeing and accepting and being in relationship with each other. And candidly, it's a mixed view. We're good because we're made in the image of God, according to Genesis 1 and 2. But we're also in trouble because no one's measured up to God's holy standard, as Paul goes on to say in Romans 3, 10 through 12. But as chapter 5 says, God redeemed us through Christ's death. and He put Christ's righteousness on and into us. And so without deserving it, and that's grace, we've been made worthy of a friendship with God. So who we are before God is reality and the truthfulness about our flaws and forgiveness that God has extended us also forms the basis for our real lasting relationships with each other. So I'm going to ask a couple gut quick gut check questions as we go along this morning. And the first one is this. Do you really know where you are what your position of need is with God? Do you appreciate what he has done for you in Christ and now he's restored your relationship with him? It's a good question to ask because when we get that and when the people we're in relationships get that, our mates, our kids, whomever, when we both acknowledge that we are flawed but redeemed, it kind of moves the pretensions of, of perfection away from that relationship. It reduces those disappointing moments when we just realize and know it's just us. It's just us all together. And when we're forgiven by God, then we're able to extend grace and forgiveness to our mates and to our friends and our family. Let me take a minute. And let me share a couple of encouragements from that same word that tells us about God's reality and about our relationships. One of the things that's good to know and remember when we're thinking about our our relationships, particularly in marriage, is that God always makes everything beautiful in its time. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the the wisdom of Solomon is is seen. There's that beautiful poetic passage that uh, you've heard if you Are my age a little older? You remember the song from the sixties that was based on this. Um, we quoted it at different kinds of ceremonies and it's it because it's true and it touches us in, in a place that's true. And it says every for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal. time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? Solomon says, I've seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God, verse 11, God has made everything beautiful for its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. And even so, people can't see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. He says, so I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. And God's purpose is that people should fear him, be in awe of him. Part of what Solomon's telling us and reminding us here is that God isn't laboring under any delusions about what life is is like for us. He knows we're flawed. He knows our world is a difficult place. And in this wonderful poetic passage, which encompasses nearly everything in the human experience, we remember that there are moments of loss and there's moments of celebration. There's all kinds of experiences in the human life. But he reminds us that at the core of it all, is that God has made these things beautiful in their time. When you and I recognize that God is in control of of life and times, no matter what's going on, whether it's it's totally nuts, crazy, chaotic, or wonderful and peaceful and quiet, uh, we can trust God with all that. Uh, We will never have perfect control of our daily lives. It's like that old song we sing at church sometimes, trust and obey because there's no other way. So when the days fluctuate between joy and suffering, God is in control. And Romans eight reminds us that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. So when you think about all those times that Solomon talked about, here's one of those gut check questions. What would you just as soon leave off the list? I can think of several on there that I would say, you know, I just can we just not do that one? Would that be okay? Well, no, it doesn't work that way. And I expect in your life, as it's been in mine that you and your mate have already experienced a lot of those kinds of times in life. Let me encourage you today to remember that God has made these things beautiful in their time. So the other thing, the other encouragement that I want us to uh, consider this morning from from Ecclesiastes is that uh, God has made us for relationships. This is no accident. Uh, in Ecclesiastes 4, beginning of verse 9, it says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If anyone falls, another can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? There are three. Uh, three are better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. We know that God is three in one, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and they're in perfect relational unity, and we're made in the image of God. So all of the things that are are true of God should be true of us. Uh, We should have the support, the community, the the unity that that God expresses in his own three-in-one nature, and we need that with one another. And God gave us capacities to love and to empathize and nurture and encourage and forgive, and all that comes straight from him, and he did this on purpose, so we would enjoy some magnificent blessing of fellowship and and teamwork together. One of the best ways that we understand God's love is when we love and live in community with one another. You notice in the, in, in the passage here, in both of these passages, Solomon doesn't back up from real life. He's not describing people who are living trouble-free ideal lives. They face challenges. And so it is for you and I. And so one of the things that's good, I think a really good thing that would be uh, perhaps interesting to do today might be to sit down alone or with your mate, just, just thinking in your own mind or sitting down together, just kind of thinking through memories and reminiscing a bit about the times the good and the bad and how it's worked in your life and how you're still together and how you're still doing this together in these times. Finally, let me just tell you this, because it sounds a little, it sounds encouraging. It can sound a little scary too, but the truth of the word is, and the reality of the word is is that God has given us tools we need. He's given us the ways to make, our relationships really work. Paul wrote in Colossians in chapter 3, he said, Since you've been raised a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory few verses later, beginning in verse 12, he says, here's what that new life in Christ looks like. He begins with sins, or because God chose you to be the holy people he loves, here's some things to put on. Here are those tools, those those ways of, of building our relationships, of, of creating those uh, wonderful uh, ways of being together. These are the tools. These are the things that he's given us. He says, put on some things. And, and he tells us this because we can. It's, it's entirely possible. He says, put on some tender-hearted mercy, some kindness, some humility, gentleness, and patience. And by the way, verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Because the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And then he goes back to that clothes idea. He says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony and as a result the peace that comes from Christ will rule in your hearts because you were called to live in peace and that will make you thankful God's relationship parameters we can call it show that he understands that we need these tools for dealing with each other's imperfections and weaknesses and failures We, we get encouraged to be compassionate and kind and humble and Gentle and patient and forgiving and and loving, and sometimes that's not really very easy on these in these moments where uh, we're disappointed because we don't have that perfection that we've been taught we ought to have. But this is where the rubber meets the road in life. This is the relationship ideals that make it possible for you and I to get through our lives, ups and down, all the times of life together. With great success, these uh, verses in Colossians remind us that Christians are different in a way because we can set our minds on things above. So let me ask you what things above do you need to be thinking about today while we're sitting at home snowbound what What would a marriage in the name of the Lord Jesus look like? How would that be different from cultural ideal that uh, is laid out there in our in our world around us. While you're sitting there with your spouse today and thinking about uh, the times of your life, why don't you focus a few minutes on times when uh, your mate needed compassion or kindness or gentleness or patience and how you showed that. and then the other way, times that they showed that to you as well. And it always gives us the chance to put on those virtues. And love each other the way God has intended. God knows that we're uh, weak. And he knows that we're, as uh, Psalm 103 says, that we're dust. He knows the challenges and the crisis we face. He's in control, no matter how much of a roller coaster life is right now. And he's making it all beautiful in his time. So when God put you in a relationship with your mate, it wasn't so you could pretend to be a perfect Christian couple. He made you a team to bless and help and comfort one another as you meet the challenges of the day. And the whole purpose of it all is to glorify him and learn how to trust him together. All of this is based on those nitty gritty realities and the everyday need for us to be uh, like Paul reminded us to be gentle and patient, forgiving and loving toward one another. I pray and I will pray here in a minute that your Valentine's day uh, has love in it at, at the core of it all that you know and feel the, the love of Christ that, uh, that is yours because of your faith in Christ. I hope and pray that there are people in your life who, uh, who love you and, and that you love them and that you're doing this thing together. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a minute and pray together. Then I'm going to share just a couple of quick things with you, uh, as we prepare to close up. Let's pray. Father, it's a it's a it's a cultural holiday, uh, and sometimes when we're grumpy, it's a little commercial. But the core of it is a really really important thing, and that is just to love each other in a real way, in the ways that we've talked a little bit about this morning to love each other with uh, with a Christ like love, with compassion and forgiveness and and gentleness and 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 all of those gifts that Paul talked about in Colossians, Father, as um, every day goes by, help us to love each other in those ways. In Christ's name, Amen. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it's been short, but I appreciate you tuning in with me this morning. Good morning to all those who who wished a a blessed good morning to everyone on the chat. Uh, just a couple of things. I'm going to pull my phone up here just a second so I can see a, a note. Um, I had asked uh, asked Chris Humby if he had any announcements, and he wanted everyone to remember that the Family Faith Box for March, the deadline for signing up for those is the 21st, next Sunday. Uh, it's our hope and prayer that uh, we're able to all be back together again next Sunday in person. Uh, this was a unique and, and, uh, interesting experience today. Thank you for being a part of it, uh, with me. And, uh, I pray your day is blessed and, uh, has some, has some warm coffee or tea, whatever your favorite is, uh, take care, stay in touch. We love you and bye-bye.